Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. One of the, the hardest topics that it's hard to talk about in churches is sin. And God's like, let's talk about sin today. Right? Scary. Because talking about sin could come across very judgmental. It could come across offensive. But God said, I want you to talk about sin. And the title of this preaching is, um, Sin is a Defeated Monarch. Sin is the Defeated Foe. Sin, first of all, let's start here. When, when churches speak about sin, they speak about sin being an action. And they leave it there. It's just an action. But it's beyond an action. The action is just the manifestation of who you've been caught up with the whole time. Sin is a person. Just like the Holy Spirit is a person, right? Sin is also a person. It's a, a, a spiritual being. Like Satan is a being. Demon are beings. Lust. Lust is a being. Because a lot of people go, oh, I'm dealing with lust. I can't stop lusting. Right, and people try to break off a certain sin, a certain action, and then they get caught up in another action that is different. Because you're, you're only trying to stop an action, you're not confronting the spirit that is keeping you bound. The spirit that is lying to you, it's a voice. It's this being that you can't see, but if your spiritual eyes open, you would see that sin is this character. You know, and I'll use, let's say, Marvel or, or DC Comics, right? Or you could, you could watch any movie, right? Like any, what people call fairy tales or sci-fi. It's always the bad guy. The bad guy. What does the bad guy sound like? Think about movies, simple movies, right? Because I want you to understand spiritual realm. Because if you understand spiritual realm, you're going to break things off your life. And not even realize it because you you've been trying to stop inaction, but the voice has always been speaking to you. So you keep recognizing that voice and following the voice of the liar, so, you know, when you're kids, you have the little angel, and then you have the little demon, right? It looks like you, right? In all the cartoons, it looks like the character, but the little demon, the little angel, it's kind of like that, honestly. And it comes with pride. It comes with lust. It comes with anger, bitterness. And he'll just speak the opposite to what God is speaking. See, God's telling you, I've made you free and free indeed. I want you to walk in freedom. And the little darkness voice will tell you, you'll never be free. Oh, if they only found out what you did. And he comes with shame. He comes with, with, with um, depression, with anxiety. And all of them are spiritual beings that gang up on you. And you don't realize. So when you open the door to one, they're not going to come alone. They used to be one. But the moment you accept Christ, he comes in, he cleans the house. Because that's, that's what the Lord does. He loves to clean. He loves to put things in place and organize. Even that. If your life is cluttered, start cleaning. I'm telling you, I, it's happened in my own life. I'll be going through anxiety, depression. All these things just get on me out of nowhere. Because they come out of there. First of all, they're, they're robbers, robbers and thieves. Which means they don't ask permission to come in. They're going to want to come in when they want to come in. And you got to be like, this is my house. Get out my house. See, the Lord is kind. The Lord, he's so beautiful that he knocks at your door. That's the difference between the Lord, the gentleman, 
and the robber that came. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Steal what? Destroy what? Kill your peace. Destroy your joy, your sanity, your hope. He wants to take your hope away. He wants to tell you that you're a slave. Sin is a human trafficker. You've seen the news? You know when you get an Amber Alert? All of a sudden a kid has been kidnapped? Well, that's exactly what Satan does. That's exactly what sin does. They took every single one of us hostage. They kidnapped us from our father's house, from our true identity. So what happens to these kids, right? These kids and people that get human traffic. Some of them live good lives. Some of them come from beautiful families. And out of nowhere, their kid gets snatched away, trafficked, and they get sold somewhere else. They get sold into what? Slavery. They get sold into slavery. People get sold into slavery. So somebody, you could have been a career woman. You could have had your business. And all of a sudden, you, got, you, you get trapped. You get kidnapped. And all of a sudden, they put you in a plane, send you somewhere else. And you're being sold as a slave. But is that who you really are? It's what you're going through because you were kidnapped. But you are not a slave. You're not. So she gets kidnapped. She gets bound. And all of a sudden, after long enough being in that situation, she'll start believing the lies. So you see, sin comes to lie to you. Sin comes to tell you you're addicted, you're broken, you're not good enough. But that is a lie from the pit of hell. He's brought you from darkness. He's brought you over into marvelous light. He's brought you from despair into hope. He's brought you from brokenness into complete restoration. This is what the Lord does. But we must also understand what the enemy does. He takes people and he's, and even when you're in the marvelous light, he still comes over here, right? God forgave you of all your sins. God forgave you of all the mistakes you made. He still comes. He, he don't even want to enter the light. But he's shouting. The, the, the Lord told Cain, right, in the book of Genesis, he told Cain, like, Sin is lying at the door. Sin lies at the door. He just comes right there. And he's speaking. He can't touch you. He's speaking words to hurt you. He's speaking words to tell you you're not good enough. He comes to the door. He goes, you remember what you did? You remember what you did 20 years ago? I mean, who's been through it? I've been through it. You've been through that? He all of a sudden bring things from 30 years ago. I'm like, what? And if you listen to it, all of a sudden you start feeling down. You start feeling horrible. He's like, you remember when you cheated? You remember when you stole? You remember when you did that? Oh, you think you've changed? You haven't changed. He's a liar. You've changed. You've changed. Because the Lord, the Lord began a good work in you. And the good work he started, he's faithful to complete it. See, a lot of places will preach to you about sin. You better stop sinning and leave it there. I'm like, why are you talking to me about sin? You don't even give me the solution. It's like calling somebody fat and not putting them in the diet program. It's like calling somebody ugly and not taking them for a makeover. You see, we bring solution. It's not that we don't talk about certain matters. Some matters got to be spoken about to bring deliverance to the people to go, hey, look, the enemy's trying to get in here. As a pastor, I'm going to be like, yo, I see the devil there. I see the devil there. He's trying to come in. Put up your shields. Bang him with the shield at least. 
Oh, I don't know the sword. I, you got faith. And the shield could be a weapon, too. You never watch some of those warrior movies? Bang the devil with a shield. Well, I don't know how to recite Bible verses. You got the shield. Bang them one time. Thunk. Just thunk, right? Faith. It's the shield of faith. Well, I don't know too many Bible verses, but I know what he did for me. Thunk. He didn't let me die. Thunk. He healed my mom from cancer. Thunk. He took my depression anxiety away. Thunk. I don't know the Bible verses yet. Hey, hit him with the boots of peace. You could at least kick. I don't know how to use a sword. I don't, even how to use, I don't know how to use a shield. He gave you the belt. I know we all know how to use a belt. <laughs> Whoop up. It's the belt of truth. Go watch Wonder Woman, man. <laughs> she whips with the lasso. She has the lasso of truth. You know she stole that from the Bible, right? I hope you know that. She uses the lasso of truth. Whoosh, whoosh. Well, you got the belt of truth. The real thing that goes around your waist is the belt of truth. If you don't have anything else to fight the devil with, hit him with your belt. Be like, hold on, you lying devil. As a mother, <laughs> I have a Puerto Rican mother. We got whooped with the belt. <laughs> I, know how to, I, don't, I know how to fling a belt, <laughs> but not against people. Use it against the lying spirits. Oh, God hates you. No, he said he loves me. For God so loved the world. Oh, God said he's going to destroy you. No, he said, I know the plans that I have for you. And they're not plans to harm you. They're plans to bless you, to give you a future and a hope. That's beating the devil with a belt. I'm telling you, you're fighting your battle with the belt. You got your boots. And if anything else, just bang the devil with your helmet of salvation. Boom. Be like you lying demon. Salvation right there. Oh, well, you're this, you're that. By the blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Give him a headache. He's coming and attacking you through the ears. But you have the helmet of salvation upon your head. Hit him. Hit sin with your helmet. Just silence him because he has no power. And look at the, look at the scripture. I'm going to start here. It says, sin, sin's reign is over. He thinks he rules, but he's ruling illegally. Every time he speaks to you and tells you to go back to that habit, that habit, you're not good enough, he's lying to you. He comes to make you bound, but the Lord comes to set you free. I mean, this is real easy. This is like simple math. I'm not giving you algebra equation. You, every single time, we have a choice to make. It doesn't mean we don't mess up. We mess up. I mess up. And I'm the preacher. <laughs> and I'm admitting I mess up. So. <laughs> and it's not saying, okay, then we, we could do whatever we want. No. Sin is a dethroned monarch. So, just, so you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life. So if you don't think about it as an action or a habit, think about a person that is speaking to your ears. Even last week when I was preaching, I remember saying something. I don't know. It came out of nowhere. At least it wasn't in my mind. And I said, if you're doing something and in the middle of the night you can't sleep. You remember that? I was like, and all of a sudden you're tossing and turning in bed because you're afraid. And you're afraid that if I die tonight, what's going to happen to my soul? 
If you do something and then you're afraid, and all of a sudden you're doubting your salvation, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not that it's going to affect my, I'm going to love you no matter what. God's going to love you no matter what. But it's tormenting you, not tormenting me. It's haunting you in the middle of the night. Oh, well, you see, because this is the devil. He goes, hey, uh, you should do this. You have the freedom to do it. You should taste this. It's good. Blah, 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 blah. And then the moment you do it, come on. If anybody's ever messed up anything, what he tells you afterwards. What does he tell you afterwards? Isn't he the same one that got you to do it, the same one accusing you? But the same one that told you not to do it is the one defending you. That's how good God is. If you realize that this is just a battle of like, who you going to listen to? It's not that, oh, I messed up. No, it's not even about that. It's what's happening to you every time you mess up. He's attacking you. Every time you flip out and curse somebody out, then he comes like, ha-ha, told you. Told you you're not that good of a pastor. The right person came and you flipped them out. I'm like, yeah, they pressed my gun. Mm -mm. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have to go to Jesus and be like, God. No, he's not me. He's like, and God goes, God's a good father. He goes, and this is why you shut the door on him. He's going to be like, yeah, just flip him off. It don't matter. Just punch him in the face one time. Just, just do it. Just do it. Tell them how you really feel. You know? And then you do, but then you're at home going through a battle. Because now it's not about the person that messed up. Now he's like, yeah, well, you're a mess up too. Well, you screwed up too. You're talking about her, but look at you. You're talking about him, but look at you. Husband and wives, can somebody get an amen? <laughs> and that's why I'm single. <laughs> I just got to deal with Jesus. <laughs> I could be a pain. <laughs> Every human is a pain. Don't be acting like you're not a pain. Mm -hmm. You get on people's nerves. <laughs> I get on people's nerves all the time. But I've learned to be quiet. Just go to my room. I got to be alone. I got to figure this out. <laughs> sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong. I don't want to be the first hypocrite and be like, oh, I don't go through it. No, I go through it. I want to I preach from experience, and that's why I want to expose the tactics of the enemy so you could know what you're really going to be like. Oh, hold on. No, no, no. I'm going to go worship. It's just as easy to fall into sin as it is to go. It's as easy as watch something bad as it is to listen to something good. You can turn and listen to something bad like gossip and slander just as it is to say, I'm going to go listen to a preaching. It's the same action. It's the same, oh, I'm hungry. You could eat something bad or you could eat something good. It's just up to you what you're going to put in your body. But remember, what you put in will come out. So if you put in good, good comes out. If you put in bad, then what comes out? Bad. And it's just a matter of a personal battle with you. I know in a lot of places, they use shame to go, well, you did this, you know, you get constantly shamed. You almost feel like you can't even talk to nobody to get free. But the reality is we need to talk to people. I have my leaders. Caleb knows pretty much all my junk. And I'm like, I'm going to tell him this and this is it. I'm not going to be a pastor no more. He's like, oh, that's fine. Let's just sit down and talk. And that's the love of God. Like where you think there's no mercy, all of a sudden you get mercy. 
See, if you go to Jesus, you're always going to find mercy. If you go to the enemy, if you go to sin, he's always, sin is always going to accuse you. Always. Lust, gluttony, bitterness, anger. If you look at them as spiritual beings, they're always, all of them are going to put you to shame. It's happened to me. I've gone on a health journey, and then all of a sudden I just ate like this greasy, nasty burger. And it's fine. People, nobody knows. And I don't share these things to put judgment on nobody. I'm just sharing my personal battle. When I went home, then I'm like, got to throw up. My body's even rejecting it, right? I remember when I started my health journey uh, two years ago, and I went and I ate a burger. I was puking my brains out. And I was like, I feel so sick. And the Lord's like, that's exactly what sin does to you. You feel sick, then you feel low and down, no energy. You, you want to just be alone. But when you feel happy, right, you want to be surrounded. When you do good, you want to be with people. You, wanna, you just see it in people's faces. Sometimes people don't think. Look, perfect example. I know when people do wrong. I walk into church, they go. I'm like, busted, busted, busted. <laughs> you don't even realize it. Your face says it. People, people, like my old church is like, how do you always know? You got powerful discernment. I was like, it's not discernment. It's your face. <laughs> like, your face is, hey, I have a dog. I know when Peanut poops, when he's not supposed to poop or pee, I come home, I'm like, where's Peanut? He's like, he's hiding. He's just like, you got conviction, dog. I don't care what anybody says, dogs have conviction. They know when they do something wrong. He's like. Like sneaking away. Like, what did you do? I didn't even know peanut pooped in my room. Until I see him sneaking away. I was like, what you did? You dog. And then I go find it. I was like, I knew it. And we do the same thing. We're like, we go to church. We're like, the pastor. I'm like, exposed, little mouse. And it's not, honestly, God wants to bring us to a place to overcome. To heal. It's not that we're plowing sin or that we're saying it's okay to sin. No. We want to confront it, but we want to confront it in love. And we want to be the people. Frankie and Chris, come over here. We don't want to be the people that are kicking you down. But honestly, we want to lift you up. We want to do this. Right? We lift each other up. Even when, when we were praying for Gigi, right? She's going through a hard situation right now. We're lifting her up. Because it's hard. I've been there. We've been there. When we people sin, we shouldn't be kicking them down. We let's lift them up. You're weak. You can't have lunch. I'm gonna, we're going to pick you up. It doesn't mean we're okay. When I feed the hungry, thank you. When I feed the hungry, I'm not okay with homelessness. I'm not okay with hunger. But me standing somewhere and judging the homeless, judging the, 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 the hungry, is not bringing them any hope. But when I come with a plate of food, I'm bringing hope. I'm bringing solution to that problem. When you look for ideas, we saw a young man in the streets. And we, with Heather and myself, we did what we had to do. Took him to the Timothy Initiative. We prepared every one few hours. Everything was done. We took him. We got his laundry done. And then he was like, this is too good for me. We're like, what? And he chose to go back to the streets. I literally cried and I started crying. He's like, take me back to downtown and drop me off in the corner. And I couldn't do anything, but I started weeping in front of him. I was like, I, I took the time. 
I took the time. I, 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 don't, I was like, dude, I don't want to leave you in the streets. I, we found a home for you. We're going we're gonna to give you a job. We're going to do this. He's like, oh, I'm going to go back to the streets. It's too good. I got to think about it. And because we honor, we have to let him go. Because we honor. And I wept. I literally held them and I hugged them. And I was just like, I wanted to help you. But he chose that path. You get it? Because people have freedom. But this is what the sin does. This is what death does. This is what demons do. This is what the darkness does. It comes to you and he tells you you're not good enough. So even though God's prepared a home for you, God's prepared salvation for you, God's prepared righteousness for you, the sin will tell you you're not good enough. Because he's a slave owner. And if you find out that you're a king or a queen... How can you be a king and a queen and be owned by, by a slave master? Kings and queens have authority, but slaves don't. So sin keeps lying to you because he wants you bound. Because he gets to do whatever he wants with you because now you're his servant. So that's why um, people in, in, in other tones, in other religions or churches, they use it like in a different way. Like, oh, but a man can't serve two masters. And it's true, the word is always true, but if we use the right tone, it'll paint the picture. See, for a man can't be serving two masters. Sin and darkness. What's happening right now? You're being pulled. If you either, if you try to serve this one too much, then you're letting that one go. And if you're serving that one too much, you're letting this one go. At the end of the day, we all have to let one go. Because if not, we're, why, you know what this is right here? Confusion, anxiety, depression. Why is it that I'm trying in my own strength and I still am in the same situation? Because you haven't let go. You have to let go one or the other. You see, it's not in judgment. And I pray, I hope that this is not coming across in judgment or in shame. I want to paint a picture. Because we get caught right here. I get caught right here. And then I'm grumpy and I'm miserable and I'm not understanding why. And it's because there's a going back and forth, back and forth. And the Lord says, you cannot serve two masters. This is the dilemma in your own life. This is the pain in your life. This is why things in your life are not working out. And the Lord's like, let go. Because he's gentle. He's like, I want to I hold you. But the Lord is not going to be like, let go. Come with me. No, the Lord's like, choose today who you serve. Choose. God doesn't want us in this dilemma. God doesn't want you in bed tossing and turning because you messed up and you don't know what you're going to do. Because you were so angry. Because you were so bitter. Because you were so lustful that you did something wrong and you're there like, I thought I was, I said I wasn't going to do that again, but now I did it and I got what I'm going to do. I mean, isn't that, I'm being transparent with you guys. When I'm speaking, I don't know if you realize this. Every time I preach, I'm always preaching my story. I'm not preaching anybody's story. I'm preaching mine because I've been there. So when I see people going through stuff, I'm going to give my story. Be like, yo, I was there. I was there. I know what I'm telling you, and I want to paint it. I want to put it in such a graphic way so you could go, oh. So when you're at home going through stuff, because even when we leave and we go home, it's, gonna, it's still going to be there. Whether it's your health. Whether it's your emotions, whether it's relationship, whether it's family, maybe simple arguments. 
It could be, you could get caught here because of arguments, opinions, religion, tradition. And let go of the ways of man. Let go of the ways of the world. Let go of the ways of darkness and to marvelous light. Every time I, that's why I love Fridays. I'm like, I can't wait for Fridays. Because I feel like I just, even when I feel like I can't communicate with people, and I'm, mm, I mean, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. So when you start dealing with people that are hurt, you're going to get hurt, promise you. Even if you're healed and you're dealing with somebody that's hurt, they're going to, it's like, imagine trying to feed a puppy that's been hurt and abused. They're, they're like yapping, they're trying to bite you. And maybe in that feeding or a little kitten, right, they'll scratch you, you'll get hurt. But we go to the Lord so he could fix it, you know. But what we're doing is healing. Sometimes it's hard. I'll be like, Lord, I know you want me to speak about these things. But how can I speak? I don't want to speak like the other preachers. I don't want to speak with the same tone. I want to speak in the way that you have spoken to me. Because I encountered lust in my own life. I had to look at hate in the face. I remember when lust in 2015 crawled into my apartment. And I lived on a 19th floor. And I saw lust crawl up the building and come into my apartment and lick my face. And I was like, if that's lust, I, have, I don't want to do nothing with lust ever again. Because I saw the truth. And lust in the real world, in the physical world, oh, it comes really beautiful or handsome. It comes with a lot of glorious offers. But ask God to open your spiritual eyes. And I'm not speaking about people. I'm speaking about the spirit. When you see lust, when you see gluttony on earth, it's like, oh, I could eat whatever I want. But you should see that sucker in the spirit. That's a big, ugly monster controlling you. Eat, eat, eat. And then you're eating, eating. And then you're like, oh, why, why can't I stop eating? Why I look in the mirror and hate myself? Because they offer things that are beautiful. But then when you look at your physical life, your physical life begins to fall apart. And then you find yourself alone. Why? You see, in heaven there's a party. In hell, he wants you alone. In a corner, afraid, broken. This is what he does. I was that young man, 1990, 1997, 1998. The enemy from one sin to another, to another, to another. And the church boy that was raised in church, I mean, it was religious, Jesus Christ. I got set free from religion. But the fact was that I was a pure kid in church, and then in just a few months, I was sleeping around, like, horribly. I thought I had HIV. I thought I was dying. I was drinking and driving. I didn't even know I was making it home. I was getting so drunk, so high. I was doing stuff out there. I didn't even know who what with. I didn't even know. And then every time I got to my room, you see, you're worthless. Nobody loves you because you're not worthy of love. God hates you. You should kill yourself. And I was in my dorm room. It was on, in Ju um, June of 1998. And the enemy, literally, the demon was in my room. Show me myself. I was hanging in the corner of the room. And he says, you're always going to be this. You're always going to be that. And God never will love you, so you might as well kill yourself now. I am telling you, I remember that day so vividly. Because I was in my room crying. And I used to feel the same way you feel the Holy Spirit inside of you. I felt death inside of me. I remember being in the Greyhound and feeling it. And I used to just do this the whole time. And I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I used to tell people all the time, I'm going to die. I was 19 years old. And all I kept saying was, I'm going to die. Because the enemy took my identity and broke it to such a place 
that I'm not loved. I was rejected by my church. I was rejected by everyone. Everyone I told them my sin to, oh, yeah, you're going to go to hell. I wish I would have had somebody from the resting place meet me in 1998. I needed somebody to be like, he loves you. Everywhere I went. I remember even when the Mormons were knocking on my door, and I was mad. I was so mad. I was like, what do you want? No, we just want to tell you about God. And da, 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 da. I was like, what, are you going to tell me I'm going to hell too? Because of my sin? And then, what's your sin? I told them my sin. They're like, yeah, you're going to go to hell, so we're going to go. And they left. And I was like, ah! I remember being so angry because nobody could give me good news. I needed good news. But the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord Almighty, he came to give life and life abundantly. And the Lord opened the door. I ended up in Florida. I moved to Florida in 1998. I mean, I painted a picture to my family. I'm going to school. I'm going to go to college. But the truth was, I thought I had HIV. So I said, I'm going to move away. Because if I'm going to die, I'm going to die alone. And I left in 1998, New Jersey. And I thought that gay kid from the club has HIV. I'm just going to die. So I'm going to go create friends. And I was blessed. They didn't go to church. But I made some good friends in school that started helping me. And I saw how they lived. And then I saw, I saw on TV this preacher. Because it's not about preachers. I don't want to mention names. It's not about a preacher. It's about what God does through his children. It's about the message that is being delivered. It's not even about me speaking right now. It's the word that's being released that comes from eternity through these lips. The lips don't matter. If I didn't speak, you're going to speak. If you don't speak, somebody else is going to speak. God will always have a vessel that's willing to release the message of heaven. So that's why I don't give glory to men. I give glory to God. But I saw that preacher on TV and I literally said, I'm going to go to that church. I was brand new in Tampa. I didn't know where I was at. I was like, I'm going to go to that church and that preacher's going to tell me God hates me. And when God tells me he hates me, I'm going to come home and I'm going to kill myself. Because this is what sin does. He binds you up. He gags you. He gives you nightmares. I used to, my nightmares were always about demons chasing me and burning and destruction. But then Jesus came. And when I went to that church, I literally thought, I literally thought, this is it. God's going to tell me he hates me. And all the people were celebrating. All the people were happy. And I literally had to go to a place I had never been to hear something I had never heard. My Spanish church in Jersey was like, don't you ever go to a white church? God's not in the white church. God's only in the Spanish church. And we really believed that. Because, you know, you're a kid. That's what you're told. That's what you're going to believe. And then God took me to the white church. I had to move all the way to Florida to go to a church with a lot of white people that are very happy. Spanish church was serious. Estamos en Victoria. ¿Verdad? Rafi, tú estás en Victoria. Cris, tú estás en Victoria. Tú estás en Victoria. That's how the Spanish people are. We're in victory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're in victory. And then all of a sudden, everybody is like, we're in victory. And I'm like, these are two different victories. What's going on? And they're dancing, celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. And I'm just like, what is this spectacle? Why is everybody laughing? Why is everybody dancing? Because that's what you do at a party. Because that's what you do when you're set free. 
See, when you're bound, you're crying. But when you're set free, you're praising. You're magnifying. You're dancing. You're rejoicing even in the middle of the biggest storm. Because I've experienced it myself. My brother passed away. And me and my mom were like, oh, praise God, finally. He's in heaven. It wasn't even like, what? We were just like, whoo. That was hard. Literally, it was like peace instantly. We were like, whoo. Man, we, we feared that moment. And when the moment came, we were like, thank you, God. Wow, he's in heaven. Just like, Doo. and we're like, is something wrong with us? Are we weird? My mom to this day doesn't understand that her son passed away and she just felt peace. And we're just like, what is this? This is kind of cool. That's why the Bible says those that are in Christ, we don't mourn like those that are in the world. Because something does happen. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Anyway, so when I went to that church, I said, God, thank you for letting me come to your house. But you don't see me. Look at all these good people here. And then the voice of the Father. It was the, it was the voice of the Father. I understand that now. It wasn't the preacher. It wasn't the prophet. It was the voice of the Father that came through the preacher's mouth. Because that preacher didn't know me. I'm in a church. With, in the Sun Dome, if you've been to the Sun Dome or by the Sun Dome, you'll see that's a massive place. The whole bottom was full. I was in the bottom floor. In the back. And God saw me. And that preacher came up to me. He says, why do you say I don't see you? That was the first words. And I was like, oh, it's God. This man is a prophet. But now I'm like, man, don't matter. It was Papa. It was Papa using a microphone. The preacher was the microphone. And it was just coming through him. But it was God that grabbed him. Like, hey, why do you say I don't see you? Hey, I'm here. I'm like, what? It's God. Because I said that in the back. And you know Pentecostal, we're like, you got to pray in your mind because the devil could hear you. So when you ask for confirmation, don't say it out loud. You got to ask for confirmation in your mind. And that was me back then. Now I'm like, give me a confirmation. I'm like, and he, because he, my God is faithful. When you learn the voice of God, when you know that he's good, when you know that he's kind, when you know that he's faithful, you're like, no devil going to get in the way of this. And he's, why do you say I don't see you? You don't know how glad I, that I am that you're in my house. I've waited a year for you to come back home. That's what he said. I've never been to that church. So it couldn't be about that church. I just didn't understand spirit. And he goes, and you feel death inside of you. You feel like you're going to die. But I tell you this much. Satan can touch your body, but he cannot touch your soul. And as a matter of fact, he cannot even touch your body because I called you as a prophet to the nations. You see what God did right there? He spoke identity. See, Satan told me, you're a slave, you're a nobody. And all of a sudden, God comes. He says, you're a prophet. You're like, <gasps> and you know, you know when God speaks. It just goes in through you. It's just a like, it's not even mental. It's not on the outside. It goes inside. And you're like, Doof. and I fell out. It was the power of God. And I'm sobbing. I'm crying. And then he picked me up. So he spoke identity. He, he spoke the fact that he knew me. He was like, I know you. I hear you. That's what he was saying. Why do you say? I said it here. He heard me. He, was, he knew me. He goes, I know you. And then he took, pick him up. And then he, the preacher put his hands on my face, but it was the hands of God. Like, you know when a little kid is crying and you just put your hands on the little face? You're like wiping their tears away like this. 
And he goes, and I love you. And it was God. And I left that day knowing that the middle of the sin, wickedness, brokenness that I had going on in my life, he said he loves me. He said he's for me. And that's the beginning of a journey where I started learning to hear the voice of God. And I no longer had to listen to the voice of sin, the voice of death. They st I'm not going to lie to you. They're, they're nosy. I told you they're thieves and robbers. So they still come to the door. Sin still comes to the door and lies. Even though I'm in the glory, he's like, you remember what you did in 1998? I haven't forgotten. And then I look at Jesus and Jesus says, what sin are you talking to me about? And this literally happened to me in 2012 when Jesus took me to the garden and he was three gardens and I couldn't go into the garden. I was like, God, it's so beautiful. I got delivered by beauty. I didn't get delivered by punishment. You want to know God get delivered by beauty, you're going to be like, what is this? I never knew it could work this way. And he took me to the garden and I said, I can't go in there, Lord. Why? My sin, my issue, my struggle. And he said, Abraham, did you forget what I said in my word? And I was like, what? There's a lot there, you know. And he goes, I said in my word that when you repent, I take your sin and I cast it away into the deepest part of the ocean. And I never remember again. So do you want to talk to the one that remembers your sin? Or to the one that threw your sin away? I'm telling you something. Choose this. <laughs> He's awesome. And he walked me to the garden. And then he got to me to the next gate. And that gate was prettier. And I was like, no. I cannot go into that gate. Why? My sin. It's like, what sin are you talking to me about? And he said the same thing until the third time. But we went to the third gate. I was even be more beautiful. I'm like, too much glory. It's too beautiful. Something's happening. He's like, exactly. Come this way. God will lure you into his beauty so much that the bondage, the sin, the wickedness has to get off of you. It has to break off. And this is what God wants to talk to you about. Sin is a dethroned monarch. So you no longer have to give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling you on how to live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for his wickedness. Instead. Say with me, instead. Instead. Passionately answer God's call. He's knocking at the door. He's like knocking at the door. Hey, can I come in? I want to be with you. I want to walk through. You see, God's not gonna, God's not gonna make you walk through this alone. Last week when we were doing the Song of Solomon, right? And he says, and handle those little sly foxes that are trying to ruin our vineyard of love. And then he says, Come, we'll do it together. See, God's not expecting you to break off all the sin by yourself. He says, it's a benefit to you that I leave. For when I leave, I will send you over a friend. And this friend will lead you to all truth. And he'll convict of sin. And he'll lead you to the truth. And he'll lead you to the healing. 
Say with me, I got a friend. I got to say it. I got a friend. Amen. So instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. For you, you live now for his pleasure. You live for pleasure. Ready to be used for his noble purpose. Remember this. Sin will not conquer you. For God already has. Say it with me. I'm conquered by God. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Is that good news for somebody? Because I really, when it comes to sin, it could come across shameful. It could, people feel disappointed and discouraged, and we don't. We want to encourage you. We want to empower you to defeat the lies, defeat the bondage, defeat whatever is trying to stop you. Know the voice of God and know the voice of the enemy. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.